Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. The following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Watchmen, The Hunger Games, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost, Protocol, Justice League, The Snyder Cut, Kong, Skull Island, Godzilla vs. Kong, Black Panther, Captain America, Civil War, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Iron Man 3, John Wick, and Minority Report. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a TV show every week and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots, dinosaurs, or the Dormelage, and I think we all know it's the Dormelage. Absolutely, ass kickers. (laughs) (laughs) I am your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host every week, unless I'm talking about... The show that the whole world is watching, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, in which case I have my trusty returning co-host, Ryan T. Lawler. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Glad to be back. Let's do it. Glad to have you back. Uh, So I I just said the name of the episode, but why don't you tell the listeners what we're talking about today? Um, The episode is episode four, The Whole World is Watching. I don't know if you mentioned that, but Mm -hmm. um, I think um, I, I teased it. Yeah, I mean, basically, we're looking at uh, um, the Dora Milaje, um, basically coming in and giving Bucky eight hours to do what he needs to do. Also, oh, I don't know all that stuff, directors and stuff, but I, I, I figure you handle that one. <laughs> cool, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, yeah, so uh, basically, the Dora Milaje are going to give Bucky eight hours in this episode to do what he needs to do. Find Carly, you know, get the serum, do what he needs to do. And then they are coming for Zemo because as we know, Zemo has wronged them uh, in the past, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he basically murdered their King and they're out for revenge. And I believe that they're basically only, they're going to give Bucky this eight hours as almost like a favor. Yeah. Like, you know, like, listen, we spent a lot of time with you. You're a cool dude, but, Usually we would come in and beat ass like right now, <laughs> but we're going to actually literally give you a little bit of time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but also a demonstration of what we will ha- do if you make us have to do it. Yes, exactly. You know, they, they know what's up there. I think it's so cool how they're they just such cool fighters and they don't even have like serum or anything, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So yeah. What do you, uh, yeah. Like, I'd say that's you- the, that's the crux of the episode. We'll definitely dig way into that scene because it was the coolest scene, in my opinion, yeah. and one of the best action scenes that we've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this episode is, again, written and directed by Kari Skogland and Derek Kolstad. And uh, this episode stars everybody that we that we know and love, um, particularly this episode, Florence Kasumba, who plays the Dormelage Io. Yes. And... Clay Bennett, who uh, is our beloved, dearly departed Battlestar. So uh, sad. Lamar so Hoskins. Yeah, it's, it really is sad. This, this was really tragic. The, wa- the loss of Lamar was, I think, really, really tragic because I think, I think something we'll probably talk about a lot today is the difference between not only these two teams, but also I, I want to talk about the difference between Lamar and John Walker 
and how oh. like oh yeah. yeah so we'll definitely we'll get into these guys yeah, we'll a little bit <laughs> so the opening sequence of this episode shows us wakanda six years ago uh io says to bucky it is time and we see like sort of a montage a little sequence of io help i did write it down of I- <laughs> of io helping the white wolf break his control and finally it, it culminates in her telling him you are free yes and great acting the- yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's there's not a lot of dialogue exchanged in it. It's yeah, mostly just, just like visuals in a montage. Yeah, and man, just seeing Bucky kind of break down and that that was really emotional. It was a really good scene. I loved it. And it, like you said, it was simple too. It was very little dialogue, just the words and the flashbacks too were awesome. Mm-hmm. Like showed his, as she's saying the words, the clips and the different things. Like it kind of reminds him of, you know, especially like killing killing Tony's parents and. That's the one I was going to, yeah, that's the one I was going to focus in on because it's like, yeah. that's, we've seen that in vivid detail in Civil oh, yeah. War. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's like, it, that's always going to be on his mind. Like he, he, it was such a, we'll talk, we'll, you and I will probably uh, do a full review on Civil War one day. But yeah. um, it, this show is really, really picking up a lot of the pieces that fell apart during that major event in the MCU. And it's like, even even though uh, Thanos literally fractured everything and split the whole universe in half, there are yeah. still, to this day, po- post-blip, post-Thanos, repercussions from, like, ripple effects from things that started during Civil yeah. War. It's crazy how something so huge and universal can, uh, you know, in the, in the way of the whole universe can come down and happen. And, then, like, still these earthly events are still always going to be important, like, no matter yep. what, you know? like these more grounded type things, because there's always going to yeah. be the, 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 the human reaction and, and all that to something huge. And that's, what's cool about this show too, is I was focusing on that. <clears throat> yeah. I think Bucky is always going to feel some type of like responsibility or guilt, even though I don't think he's guilty, but um, for, yeah. he's going to feel that for driving a wedge between Steve and Tony and, it's just, you know, an, uh, irreconcilable differences is what some people yeah. call <laughs> The fact that you've got to remember all these memories of things that, you know, that you've done that are terrible, but really you mm. had no control over it. And that's just, that's just brutal. That's, that's some brutal PTSD right there. Yeah. I, I've mentioned the movie Us before, the Jordan Peele movie. I don't think you've, you've seen it, but. Uh, uh, Us I have not seen. That's his second one, right? Yeah, whenever whenever they talk about the way Bucky was hypnotized and the way that he is still aware, um, there's still part of him, Bucky Barnes, that's like present or watching, sort of uh, yeah. helpless yeah. from the inside as the 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 robot body of Winter Soldier is <laughs> is carrying out yep. its missions. It's very similar to how they describe it in that movie, Us. Um, so I won't I won't go too into that because I don't want to get yeah. any spoilers. But it's, yeah, but totally. Yeah, that makes wait, sense. Wait, I'm like, sorry, not not us. Um, get out, get out. Yeah, that's what I was gonna out. say. Like, us is the the, the second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, for that God, reason, Ryan, why don't I? It's a long day for both of us. <laughs> yeah, so why don't I let you uh, take over the rest of the synopsis of the episode and just like take us through, take us through what yeah, happens. Yeah, so basically, um, basically one. after the six years ago, we're gonna come back. And uh, into the into the streets of Latvia, is that's where we're, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, near the refugee camps. I've already met, mentioned this earlier, but Io is going to tell you know, basically give Bucky the warning. You know, we did all this stuff for you, you know, and he says he's grateful and whatnot. But they're like, we'll give you eight hours. 
to get Zemo, or not to get Zemo, to, to, to hunt down Carly, find the serum, and we're coming for Zemo. So basically, you know, they go out in the streets. The, you know, Zemo does his cool manipulation with his Turkish delights, which I think is great. Because um, I've heard He's- that they're actually pretty gross. But. I hate them. That's we're we're going to talk about those in my big three questions at the end. Yep. Yep. Yes. But uh, yeah, I don't really know much about him, but it seemed like, you know, I'm sure these kids loved him. So, you know, he gets some information out of him to where this, uh, their Mamadonia is, I guess the kind of the leader of their refugee camp. Then we find out, Oh, this is the cool scene about the whole, she's a supremacist thing. Let's, let's talk about the Turkish delight scene because I thought, um, Zemo was Zemo is a a hard character for me to to really like settle how I feel about uh that's Zemo? a that's a yeah. yeah that's an awkward way to word that what I mean is it's I I want to like Zemo I really want to like him but I'm constantly reminded the way that Bucky is constantly reminded of like what he did in his past um, yes. I'm constantly reminded by by the mm-hmm nagging guilt to the fact that this dude killed Black Panther's father. He killed King T'Chaka yeah. uh, for, for, for no reason other than to make a point and to frame somebody else and to like yeah. try, try to make the Avengers look worse. Um, you know, they've, not, they have not, made them kind of the likable anti-villain type thing now, which I do like, but you're right. It's hard to, there's a lot, there's a couple characters and it's just hard to, to wrap your head around like Carly too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how do I feel about her? I can't, it's like, she does something shitty, but then I feel kind of bad for her almost in a way. And it's a back and forth kind of thing. Like, I don't really know for sure how I want to feel about them. And, and, you, yeah. and it's, and, and it's the same way with, uh, with Zemo too, but uh, I don't know. It's like, I feel Carly has gone so, she's just keeps doing these things that are hard to redeem her character. I mean, <laughs> especially now that she's killed Lamar. Yeah, it's what I've been struggling with since I watched the episode on Friday is the difference between these two villains because Zemo mm-hmm. is being presented to us by the show in ways that that let us see how charming he is and they let us see how erudite he is and and you know he appreciates Marvin Gaye and like all of these things that make him he's a good dancer like these yeah, things that make him like humanize him more humanize him is a perfect that's a perfect term for it it's mm-hmm. it, it's almost a thing because the way i would awkwardly describe it is like the show is making me want to really be friends with zemo like, yes yeah, <laughs> like a good time he's a little bit of an asshole but that's kind of cool sometimes and he's kind of mm-hmm. funny and you know and he'll pay and, for everything and he's like got resources <laughs> exactly. and you know yeah, he's got exactly. a plane when he when you need a plane yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> but I like do, i do like the guy but it's again you know what can there's only so many things you can do for your characters just not redeemable but i think it's been such a long time and it's a different show people are accepting it better mm-hmm. you know it's been a while since we've seen him but i also think that he's gonna might have the hardest turnaround and really betray everybody yes yeah we last <laughs> week you and i talked a lot about carly kind of how we feel about her has she crossed yeah. this line like is there any redemption mm-hmm. for her and we we compared her to the scientist that Zemo just executed, uh, and so this week I want to I think I want to compare Carly and Zemo a little bit a little bit more side by side, and and really mm-hmm. like, can we justify wanting to be friends with Zemo, but maybe not wanting to be friends with Carly? Like, is that I've tried? That's exactly the type of things I've tried to just exactly that. 
it's so hard. Um, I think honestly, a lot of it has to do with the fact of the writing and the storytelling, like the way, like I said, they're, they're using things to, nah, but you know, they kind of humanize Carly too, but she has emotion, no, I, you know, for her, it's very, I don't know. What do you feel is the difference? You're right. They do. They do it with both characters, but you're, but what, I like what you said about it's, it's the writing and the presentation, the storytelling. Yeah. They are, I, we watched WandaVision. We, we covered every episode of WandaVision and we mm-hmm. talked a lot about how we know that these writers are savvy. They know their audience. They know what their audience is thinking and predicting. So yeah. they really know how to get out in front of things, how to plant certain seeds in your mind and, mm-hmm. They also, what they know how to sort of play with. We are. They know the internet is going to love and meme Zero Zemo. They released that like one hour uh, <laughs> of, of Zemo dancing because people wanted it. Yep. I think they're v- being very generous with all of these things because of the big churn. Not even yeah. churn, but the very expected. You, uh, wh- what's that line from Firefly? Curse your, uh, your uh, yes, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Right. Like, Obviously, Zemo has something up his sleeve. And I think this, to me, is, after thinking about it for several days, the biggest difference between him and Carly. Carly is telling everybody up front to their face, this is what I'm doing. These are my intentions. Uh, Sam, when Sam is trying to talk to her and sort of reason with her, she says... She says a few things that Sam scoffs at and sort of laughs at, but the, like they're pretty problematic things. Like they're not innocent; they're roadblocks in my journey. I'd kill him again yeah. if I had to. Um, she says she just, to, yeah. to Sarah later, like you're just a tool in the regime. Uh, the regimes I'm looking to destroy. Yeah. Um, which actually that that one's less problematic. But and she's but, talking <laughs> about like she doesn't care about the innocent. Like I'd kill him again yes. if I had to. Too, too. Like, me. There were roadblocks in my yeah. journey. Like, like those man. are callous, awful things. But I think it's I. One thing I want to say, like just to just to give a murderer credit, I guess, is like. <laughs> but but again, I'm only only playing devil's advocate because we're playing it with Zemo. Um, yeah, right. Is that she is at least she's very upfront. She's very. Uh, yeah, she, she thinks is. like she's putting her face towards the world, and like what she's doing is 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 she justified, even if right. it means blood. Yeah, even if it means like um, selling, cu- cutting off a piece of her own soul. Whereas yeah. Zemo, Zemo clearly has a trick up his sleeve, and he's hiding his intentions and pretending to be good and pretending yeah. to be a fun, like great guy that gives candy to children and like all this stuff. He's doing all of that as a means to an end. Whereas Carly is not giving kids candy because that's not like part of her plan. That's not a useful thing. She's giving them food. She's giving them potatoes and like canned, you know, canned beans and like stuff they eat water, like that kind of thing. So he's not trying to win them over with candies and and planes and nice stuff. Yeah. Nice totally different take on it. Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> two different. And now I'm like how she's becoming too. Uh, like that maybe this comes into the point where how Zemo called, you know, a supremacist and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like um, um, at what point is she, you know, is she's just no better than the, the side she's fighting against, which I'm saying you come up and, you know, I got these group of people superhuman and we need this to, you know, to get back to where we're going to be. And then at what point are you just now the group 
that's kind of bringing everybody down. Like there's a point where you're the bad guy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, I get where she is right now, but at what point does it stop? And like, like he's saying, you get too much power with this, you know, with this kind of feeling and you just progress and progress and how far are you going to go? And I think it's kind of the point that Zemo tries to make too about Carly. He does. And he, he tries to compare the Avengers to the Nazis, which uh, Sam, (laughs) Sam, Sam and Bucky both are. (laughs) And that's the thing. They're, they're almost in line with like everything Zemo's saying until he makes that jump. And then they're like, well, there is a, there is a difference there. Yeah, exactly. I love his comment about Steve Rogers too. Yep. About, you know, there's never been, well, there's never, and he actually gives props to him. Like, well, has there ever been another Steve Rogers? Like he's a, he's an exception, you know, like yep. no one else is going to handle it like he did. And he's, he may be right. <laughs> I, I think so. This episode is showing us that Lamar tries to tell us that basically, you know, Lamar, that, that conversation between Lamar and John about the serum and, Lamar doesn't hesitate to think like yeah. when he asks him, would you take it if you had, if you had access to it? And Lamar says, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but be, but for Lamar, it's like, it's because I know I'm a good person and like, yeah. I know that it would just amplify the good. And he's the way he words it is like, it just like it, it uh, power just makes a person more themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And enhances who you really are inside. Right. Yeah. And he, thinks you know even tells john walker you know you make all the right decisions in battle and but that doesn't you know necessarily make you a good person like he said all of his he said all of the medals he, he and he he won in afghanistan and all this stuff and he said do we really deserve for the things that we did to to win these medals so i don't know like i think he, even maybe john walker maybe knows somewhat inside that he's not he's not great and he wants this serum to kind of make himself better, but he doesn't realize that it's not going to do that. It's going to make who you are more extreme. He thinks the serum is going to make him the better person and the strong Captain America he wants to be. But I can, I can tell you something as like a, as a veteran, I can, I can say this confidently that there is, there's definitely a thing of like with veterans, like modern veterans where, Mm -hmm like we're coming back from, from all of these fights and all of these, these things that we were sent to go do that it's not the same. It's not the same cut and dry good and evil that it was when there were literally like Nazis conquering, tearing down nearby borders and conquering other countries in Europe and like literally throwing people into death camps. Um, The the wars that we're fighting these days are so much more complex. And it's it's, when you're, when you're the boots on the ground and you come back from it and you start really thinking about your actions and like everything that you did under orders or everything that, that was just something, something that you had to do to, to make it to this point, those things start to weigh on you and you start to question. And I'm sure that I'm sure that the, the veterans of world war two had these same questions, but you start to question, was it, was it the same thing? Was it worth it? You know, like I might've been inspired by my grandfather fighting in world war two, but was my war the same as his? Like it was that we really were, are we still doing the right thing? Yeah. And, And I, and I, I'm glad that they show Lamar and John questioning that in this episode because Mm -hmm. it's, 
I can, I can tell you from, <laughs> from being a veteran, <laughs> being in like veterans writing groups, going to group therapy at the VA, because I have mental health issues myself as a veteran and talking yeah. and like, I'm not going to share anybody else's personal story, but I can tell you from being in like group therapy with other veterans, this is a common thing. And yeah. I, I'm really, really grateful that this episode featured that. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you for your service, Lou. Oh, thank you for paying taxes, man. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> where pay for comes from. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, do you hear what I'm saying? Or do you know what I'm saying with like the parallel of, you know, Captain America, not only was there not another Steve Rogers, but there was, we're not in another World War II. Um, yeah. It's not as clear who the bad guys are. When yeah. it's somebody like Thanos, it's very clear. Uh, when it's an alien from space, or it's Loki line. Yeah. invading with with flying whale monsters like Robo Whales, <laughs> that's it's pretty simple. It's pretty cut and dry. Exactly. This Things makes it more, more difficult. You can yeah. see you can see the right and wrong in in both sides, kinda. If you mm-hmm. know what I, I mean. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's just totally not cut and dry. It's, yeah. it's not. There's more variables to it. And, you really just nailed it, so I'm not going to add too much to it. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> so, uh, where are we here? Uh, we were talking, we started talking about, like, Zemo and the kids and the Turkish Delight. <laughs> uh, Zemo says, I have the will to complete this mission to the two of you, which means he'll kill her. Oh, you know, yeah. he's basically asking her, which is another, you, you can still see that he's still kind of like an asshole. Like we, we like him, but like you're saying, I, there's definitely more down He Like, or maybe it's just his complete will to complete his mission. Got to get rid of these super soldiers. I will do what it takes. And basically like what he's saying, I'll, I'll kill her. Will you? Cause, and obviously we see that he has no qualms doing that later. Um, and then Sam says, which is the same thing Captain America says, which is, I think is a perfect contrast to the, uh, she's just a kid. Hmm. which is exactly what Captain America says about Wanda, I believe in Civil War, Mm -hmm. Um, and which just perfectly shows how really Sam, Sam is really cut out to be the next Captain America. He's got similar ideals and and honor, and he's a good guy. That, Ryan, that's a great point. And maybe, maybe... For because I'm I've really been struggling with how I feel about Carly. Like that's <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I can't um, every every like couple scenes, I'm like, oh no, she sucks. No, no way, she has a point. Oh no. <laughs> so maybe you and I could talk about like maybe we could compare her to Wanda because that's that seems like that's an apt comparison and a fair comparison. And we both we both have complicated feelings about Wanda yeah. uh, listeners. You can yeah. listen to all of our complicated thoughts by listening to our past coverage of WandaVision episodes one through nine, but <laughs> there is a slight difference, but, but yeah, man, like, yeah. What's the difference? What's the difference? I feel that Carly's intent of what she's doing is very purposeful and straightforward. Like she has, she knows what she's doing and she's going straight straight for it and she's very aware of the choices she's making and she is relentlessly murdering people all right so then we go to wanda who is more has these super powers that she can't really control she has an emotional overload and it projects to create this whole thing and i don't think as she's realizing throughout the show that this is hurting people, I think that by the end she is 
she lets him, you know, she tries to let him go. She is mm-hmm. sorry for what she's done. And it was less in, of an intentional thing than what Carly's doing. And if, I don't know if that's, if that's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm also starting to look at like, now I'm starting to realize we see how the serum affects John Walker. And we see like what Lamar says about how the power just makes you more of who you are. It amplifies everything. Mm-hmm. It ampl- if you're good, it amplifies the good. If you have bad, it amplifies the bad. Yep. I think that the fact that Carly has gone this far and she certainly has crossed the line. Um, but I think the fact that she's gone this far is probably it's farther than she would have gone if she never got injected with super serum. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think that's Zemo's whole point about mm-hmm. that's his whole conundrum. It just, it pushes people to go further and further and further until you, you just want more and more. And yeah, it, it can, makes you want to consume power. And I think uh, that's exactly kind of what's happening. Yeah. I, I almost feel there's going to be more of, even though I find it, how can, how can Carly redeem herself? But I feel there's more of going to be maybe a redemption of Carly and John Walker is going to be the real, maybe bad guy. That might be how she redeems herself is by stopping him. Because I, I, yeah. he's, he's yeah. going after her. Yeah, he, she is his target. One of them, I don't think one, I don't think one or both of them is making it out, of, out alive at the end of the show. You think they'll both, but Carly will be a heroic and she may actually end up being the one to kill John Walker or... Yeah, she might sacrifice herself to take him down. I could see that happening. But I don't see both of them coming out of this alive. No, no. And then out of we're talking about all these villains, we still have the power broker too, which we haven't even found out yet. It's like another show. They like to always Marvel's now getting into this show thing where they're teasing us with little villains all over, but who's really the bad guy? You know? (laughs) I kind of like it. But I mean, I have my theories from listening to other things but i want i don't want to put that on this oh then let me let me ask you your theory then i heard that it was thunderbolt ross interesting interesting okay do you think it's thunderbolt ross uh i don't know i don't know i i'm not fully on board i i'm a, i'm actually kind of don't really know i don't have a solid guess i think sharon carter is too obvious i don't think that's that, that's i i think it's too obvious <laughs> interesting okay okay plus she's even said he i think on multiple occasions but it could just be a misdirect sure Mm -hmm. especially if you're the power broker (laughs) i do think that she's highly involved in the crime ring that's going on in madripoor definitely because there's even scenes where she's kind of doing the walking on the phone and she's kind of like yeah nodding at the guards and stuff around her like the the security like Uh uh-huh like she's she's something she had Selma taken out or she's the one that shot Selma. Like, yeah, I mean, right, right. Exactly. So, yeah, I yeah. think she's hiding in plain sight. I do think Sharon Carter is the power broker. You think she will be? Yep. All right. Yeah. I, All right. I think, I, I don't think it's a bad, I don't think it's a bad guess. I just, I, I don't know. There's something in my head that feels like it's going to be a different twist, but that would be awesome if she was. I'm, it's it's based on a lot of things it's like based on what we've seen her do so far the way that we've seen her very very easily navigate her her way around the most dangerous island in the world and she's like it's a it's partly because she's a badass but also i think she's such a badass that she has 
a lot of the city working for her. And that's why she can just stroll through an area and just sort of make eye contact with certain guards yeah. and be, and, and continue walking through. Yeah. I think that's, I, I'm just, I want to register my prediction there that it is Sharon Carter. Okay. I'm going to say that I, I'm going to say that I think it isn't. Okay. But we'll, we'll come back to that. You know, we'll see. It's just fun. If we're going by like Scooby-Doo rules and it has to be somebody that we've seen so far in the show. Uh, who who could it be? If it's somebody in the show, oh, see, I don't, I don't think it's someone we've seen before. So. Okay. What if it's what if I expand it to anybody in the MCU? I would. I find it hard. To, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, man, I, give me a second to think. <laughs> Thinking brought to you by truly sparkling beverages. <laughs> truly. It truly helps you think. <laughs> and our, our sponsor, it's actually White Claw. <laughs> oh, sorry. This, this thought brought to you by White Claw. White Claw, it helps you think better than truly. So crisp, so delightful. White Claw, if you liked that copy, you can go ahead and pay us for it afterwards. I'll, uh, that one was free, but uh, we'll continue advertising um, for you if you pay us. You know, Lou, I'm going to say, I don't really, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be somebody random in the past from the MCU, but I, I, I okay, I don't know, or somebody new, or like just a new character entirely. No, I think it's going to be someone else. I don't know, uh, but again, I don't okay. know. Who I think okay, I just think that we're due for a little surprise. It's not going to be. It's not going to be like fucking like Magneto or anything. I don't think. But well, he's he's not the power broker anyway in the comics. But gotcha. I don't think it's going to be something big like that. I, I it's going to be a small, cool. Oh, it's okay. Like Thunderbolt Ross, you know. Uh, like I I don't have a good reason of why I think that, but it's just because he's kind of wanted the serum in the past and with the Hulk and he, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a good a guess as any, honestly, <laughs> yeah. I think Sharon, Sharon is my real guess. And I do think there's evidence for it. My crazy guess, my crazy uh, theory of who the power book should be Peggy Carter. Cause we've talked about them like resurrecting people, resurrecting robots. You and I have talked about like cyborgs and what happens when, so I'm talking about like a resurrected cyborg, Peggy Carter. Hell yeah. They, they like, yeah, they injected her corpse with the super serum. They put like a metal robot exoskeleton, and we're gonna see power. Power Peggy is yeah. uh, Mecha Peggy. Peggy, I love it. Mecha Peggy, there it is. Peggy, <laughs> Mecha. Yo, that's actually no. I mean, uh, did she actually die, or was she just old? She did. She did. Okay. Yeah, we saw. Yeah, he was a Paul. Uh, Captain America was a pallbearer at her funeral. Um, I think that was in Civil War, or it might have been. Yeah, Civil I think it was War. in Civil War. I think it was Winter Soldier. No, could have been Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. He died. But yeah. Yes, and he yeah. visited her one last time. But I, I remember very specifically, and I'm pretty sure it was Civil War. Uh, a moment where he was literally like a pallbearer, and because it, it was one of the saddest images in the entire MCU. That would be like, so cool if, if Peggy was the power broker, though. Like seriously, that would be, that would be a really cool like return. But like, it's kind of impossible, I guess, <laughs> unless they come up with some weird thing but yeah. we're not ready for that yet this isn't the show to be multiversing it or anything right my only other crazy guess is that it's shuri or rocket raccoon 
that's it. I'm I'm not going to expand on either of those. <laughs> All right, cool. Sometimes you just don't know why. You just have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we've well, there's definitely some we haven't talked about. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I thought of a question when you said supremacist. Uh, they don't say they don't say a, a modifier for that. So the type of supremacist that they're like accusing uh, Carly of being is like a a pre blip or non blipped supremacist. Is that what you'd call it? Like, yes, because uh, it's not really. It's not, it's not like a race or a religion or anything she's fighting for. So I guess it's more. She fights for the non-blipped. I guess the blipped or the, yeah, she's fighting for the blipped and the refugees. That must, that must be. Well, the non-blipped, right? If I, if I have it right, she is one of the people that wasn't blipped and they, oh, yeah, they and feel they figured like out the, whole the world belongs to them. And then everyone comes back. And the people that came back are like, to them, the yeah. not welcome. Right. They're not welcome you back. Died. You died. Uh, you should have stayed gone. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of her thought. Yeah, right. So she's a anti anti blipped right. supremacist. Right. So, but how do you how can you expect the world to function the same with double? It, it's a different. That was just a different world. It's like you know, like mm-hmm. what ten thousand years ago when our population was like nothing. The world was a different place. It's just there's more space and more room. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm sure somebody did the numbers on this, but if you if you think of like, because you could literally calculate like uh, propagation of a population based on size and density, et cetera, like from the five year point, how much did people procreate? How like how much did the population grow during that five years? Yeah. To like, they're not coming back, and it's only half of those. It's only doubling. It's more than doubling the yeah. moment that that half of those people come You're back. You're right. All the new people plus all these people that come back. Well, I guess less than doubling mathematically, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's, it's all these people, these new people who have already filled job positions, who have already filled positions as people's spouses or other like family member positions yes. who have literally moved into the empty homes or well, people die too, uh, you know, stuff, empty rooms. And yeah, so it's yeah. just, it's, it's crazy that they're, it, it, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah. What's crazy, what I'm, I guess the point I'm driving towards is it's crazy that there is a anti, like, this was not your fault. These are the circumstances that just happened, Yeah, but we're holding it against you. But I guess that's what supremacy is, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> so. no matter what word you put in front of that, whether it's anti-blipped, like if you're a white supremacist, you hate people for things that they were born with. If you're like a yeah. homophobic, like an anti-gay supremacist, you hate yeah. people. You want people to Absolutely. not have rights because of something they were born with. Like it's, and in this case, these people weren't born blipped, but they, they were just born back. They were just born back, <laughs> reborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it is, it's a weird, it's a strangely comparable situation, but it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's why you know you can somewhat you can you can see her side because it sucks you you live this life with all these people they all disappeared everyone spent all this time readjusting and restarting up their lives and then of course it's not the other people's fault but then everybody comes back and now you've readjusted the whole world and now and everything was working out well and now we have to 
go back and try to go back to the way things were to accommodate these, accommodate these, you know, what, three, four billion people who just came came back. It's yeah. just uh, what's their long term goal? Under, you know, I can understand. I can understand it sucks, but yeah, you can't go about things like this. What's what is step two? Because step step one is eliminate the GRC. Like they, that's what the flag smashers see. The GRC is the problem. They're the ones enabling these, yeah. these blip blippers, these blipped to come back. And I'm sure that there's like a racist word or something for them, but, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm not, I'm not searching for it. I'm just saying like, it probably exists <laughs> in their vernacular. Of course. Um, they always have. So like, you know, these blipped are the, the, the GRC is, 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 at fault i don't know what they what their point is yeah but my big question is like what is what happens after that after they get rid of the grc those people that were displaced they're still displaced like yeah. they're like, still here do you go do you like get GRC. a list of everybody that was blipped and came back and like like serial killers you knock them all off your list one by one like what's the plan i kind of think i feel like maybe the grc was trying to get people in these camps for a a time to hold hold people for a time because here's how I feel. Okay, if everyone's alive and everybody blips away, there's still all this real estate and housing and building available. It's not like it goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's less people to maintain it, but I don't think in five years it's all going to be gone and destroyed. I feel maybe it's a temporary solution to get people into these refugee camps to to refurbish the stuff that's around so people can get back into doing their regular lives. I haven't heard anybody mention that, but I I felt that that would be more of a realistic way of go about it. Uh, maybe that's step two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be clear, I'm not asking what the GRC's plan is. Oh, it's like, what are these Harley. what do these flag stompers have in mind? Like, we must stop the GRC. Okay, but then what? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, then what? Right. You didn't right. solve anything, yeah. like. Now we, yeah, exactly. Now we still have all these people just together in these camps that they put them in. Yeah, I know. I get you. Yeah. So, um, so they try to find on my walking around the streets, and then I feel how how how, uh, Sam just is like, oh, my TT died and at a funeral, so they must be having a funeral for Donia. I thought that was just kind of strange. Like nobody knew what was that. Hey, my mm. TT died. Uh, we had a funeral. We all gathered together. Maybe that's what they're doing. <laughs> well, I, I'll push back on you a little bit against that. Like it's, it's, push. it's a thing. It, it's definitely a thing. It's like, I'm not, so I'm not the person to, who's like qualified to talk about this either, but it's definitely a thing <laughs> with like the certain areas that are like, have more, are more, like the way organized crime back in the thirties, like the mafia used to really do more for, for certain impoverished neighborhoods than the city itself yeah. would do there. Those, that kind of thing still exists in a lot of cities where it's like the gangs that are sort of in operating in those areas. Sometimes they're also like community leaders in, in a de facto way. So when somebody like Donia dies, that's a community leader, even though she's sort of sort of organizing a gang of street kids, um, when somebody right. like that dies, like I could, de- I definitely see like what Sam was, how Sam was drawing a parallel there. Right. These, I get you. Street I just didn't, and, put that, I didn't put that together, but yeah. All right. makes sense. That makes much more sense. Yeah. 
cool. Cause I was kind of wondering like, how come you randomly just thought, Oh, my aunt had a funeral. Yeah. That's where they'll be going. <laughs> Cause I think he was saying it's not literally his aunt. Right. I think he, he meant like, it was like every, it's like everybody's aunt. She's like the aunt the group, to all the, the kids like, in the neighborhood. The neighborhood. Yeah. Like, I got gotcha. you. This funeral is this afternoon. So after he gets the, you know, he gets some of the news from the kids, but he doesn't want to give all the information that he's got. And I think we as the audience are missing out on some of it too, because he only tells them that there's the funeral this afternoon, but he clearly states how he wants to, you know, hold out information because they're going to just dump them right over yep. to, to the Wakandans and like this, you know, so I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold this info hostage so that you have a reason to keep me. Yep. Smart. Yep. That's uh, why Zemo's, cool i guess i'm gonna say that now until he does something terrible and i'll regret it but yeah i uh, <laughs> i like his i like his style that's all i can say i like does. his style he, just, he, he whatever he's doing he does it in an entertaining way i'll yep. tell you that and he's just a good actor he does a great job at it then we got the uh this is another part where you see that shannon's uh, sharon's kind of powerful you know in, in this place because they call her up for some or sam calls him up her up for some help yep and she, you know do you have any saddle you know breeze through it but basically do you have any satellites and she's like yeah you know i think you can come up with a satellite or a two to oh okay <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome nope great that was easy yeah <laughs> oh, and then you know she's saying how the how magic madripoor is really becoming madricor man i screw that up every time there it's really becoming like a, a crazy violent place right now due to the fact that our boys, what Dr. Nagel mm-hmm. has been murdered, all the serums gone, and power broker ain't happy. So I'm sure the city is is going crazy. Mm-hmm. And then okay, cool. Then we get to the scene where um Carly and Nico go to his grandfather's grave, which is where they've been they've mm-hmm. been stashing the serum, uh, which is what I thought was cool. And then this is where he points out that he actually grew up a fan of Captain America. So this is actually going to come in. It's, it's, it's kind of terrible how later he's going to die by the hands of that shield that he looked up to when he was a kid. Trust me, I didn't know his name until a little while ago. I'd look it up. I wrote on my notes. I wrote Carly's friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I, if I don't watch but the yeah. episode with subtitles, I miss a lot of names. Yeah, that's honestly why I put them on because I do miss a lot of stuff, especially people with accents and stuff. It's nice to like Zemo. Mm. Um, and IO like putting on the, it was a lot easier, you know, some of the stuff um, like that part where she says, what the, what's their God in Wakanda? Bost? Bah, bah. So, oh, uh, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Cause I, I, I did rewind that and turn dead. subtitles on for that moment. And it just says <laughs> yes. Wakandan and then the rest of the sentence. So <laughs> even the MCU hasn't, their, hasn't decided. It's like their God. Yeah. His name is like Bostard. Bostard damns you or something like that. She says like, so she's basically, that sucks, man. I'd be so upset if I was Bucky. I love that though, that you picked up. That's a really good detail. That's a really good little. Yeah. Detail. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause I, it just felt so like, oh, I'd feel like such an asshole if I was Bucky, like, these people literally like saved me, took me in as the white wolf. Like I was the man, you know, they gave me an arm. Yep. They fixed his mind, they fixed his arm. Yeah. 
but I can understand, you know, we need that they do need him to to figure this out. I think it'll work out for Bucky in the end. I but, I um, think it'll only work out for him if Zemo doesn't escape. Like he'll be fine, but if he if he if Zemo successfully gets out of the Dormelage's grasp at the end of this, yeah, that's a that's a that's a point against Bucky. I'm sorry, but that's on him. <laughs> yeah, unless Bucky helps him hunt him down. Right. He'll maybe he'll go to Wakanda and help at Wakanda and help. Maybe he'll be part of Black Panther too. Who knows? Mm. So <laughs> um then at the grave, Carly and Guy gets killed at grave. Ah, so Carly that's the part we just talked about. Then we move on. Oh, the new cap meetup. This is um so this is right when we finally uh the new cap, John Walker, meets up with them, finds them on the streets here. And he, you know, he says, oh, Avengers aren't going to be hard to find here. Runs into them. They have a little scuffle. I also like to note that Cap is just immediately confrontational, I guess. He's just yeah. not like Steve Rogers. He's just immediately in their face, you know, mm-hmm. being an asshole right off the bat. And that's just, I just, every time I see him, I'm just, it's hard to, it's hard to see someone else in that costume outfit being this way. Because when, you, you know, Steve Rogers just... He's just the man, okay? So that's um Yeah, it's it's we're watching an imposter, a literal right. imposter. And then here's another part which just shows that Lamar was really was really his like voice of reason. He was the guy who, who kept him on the straight and narrow. You know, they're Sam and Bucky are trying to tell him what they want to do, and Lamar's like, give him a chance, give him a chance, you know, basically. And you know, John's just being a dick, and he's like, he's kind of right. Like, this might work, you know. So that's another thing that makes it so sad is when he goes, you know, and he was the one guy keeping John Walker kind of on the straight and narrow, even though he was a little wobbly, but now that he's gone and he's got the serum and he's only getting worse, I think that's really going to knock him off track. Lamar was his, like, it, it was his, his solid, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, L- Lamar. Lamar um, has this moment where the, when the fan the fan girl walks up to Walker to get his autograph, mm-hmm. and it's very it's very much framed like that moment in Endgame where all those kids come up to the Hulk and uh, Ant Man is kind of just sitting there like, <laughs> yes. "Hey guys, I'm Ant Man," uh, and they're like, "Yeah, okay." Um, <laughs> you know they they, they kind of they kind of do that to Lamar here. He doesn't he doesn't seem that bothered by it, but like he does take notice of it. You can't not be affected by that. And he he they have like a little joke about it back and forth. But like, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right that like Lamar is the only thing that's keeping keeping John Walker uh, yes. grounded and humanized. Yeah, he's a moral compass, basically, and that that's a that was a that's kind of the word I was looking for. Perfect yeah. moral compass, exactly. Yep. Yeah, there's there's also a moment where like right after the Dormelage kicked their ass, and he's like, uh, John is like, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah, all like mad at himself because he yeah. got disarmed. Yeah but, <laughs> yeah, but they're like almost like super soldiers, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like they get like for that quick little scene where Bucky jumps in. I mean, basically she handles him and knocks his arm off, which is another cool thing we got to talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. So they can just like (laughs) hop in there and like little Nintendo code and fucking (laughs) arm falls off. (laughs) It's brilliant. That was, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. I thought that was so cool. Like, did you know they could do that? No. (laughs) 
no idea. But it, make, it makes sense that they can, though. It yeah. makes absolute sense that, that they can that do that. That little backup plan in case something goes awry. I, yep. think, it was, I think it was perfect. <laughs> I think that was so great. We also don't even know if that was just her doing it really fast. Like, there might be, there might be some kind of, like... I mean, he has to be able to take the arm on and off at will. So maybe like she just did the same process that he does, but just like way faster. She just knows it quick. Yeah. Like, boom. I thought it hits the floor too. (laughs) I do do think it's more likely that it's like a secret thing they didn't tell him about, which I commend because that is a smart fail safe to put into uh, an arm like that. Especially someone who had these winter soldier programmings and I'm like, who yes. knows what could happen down the road that brings them back out. I think it was, it was a smart idea. Yeah. Oh man. You know what? This, this uh, also answers a question that we had several episodes ago about whether somebody could, whether Zemo could just say the words in German or if somebody could just like say the words, the 10 words like rapid fire real quick while Bucky's in the room. And right. This, the montage at the very, very beginning of the, this episode answered that that's not the case. He is yeah. mentally past that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like as in the point that the words don't trigger him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, that, well, yeah. So it was my, my question several episodes ago was like when Zemo started saying the words to him. Right. Um, yeah. And would then, that have okay, worked? And also, way, like, yeah. I, I questioned, yeah. like, when he was talking to his butler in German, like, what if Zemo just said the words in German? Would that work? Uh, but this, ep- right. this episode completely took those questions off the table for me. So I'm glad yes. we got the resolution for that. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I want to, we're getting down kind of to the end here. So it'd be, this is when uh, he goes in, they beat the shit out of him. Fucking. <laughs> Dude, I love that part. By the way, mm-hmm. when when they beat the shit out of him, because you just know when he goes. First of all, they weren't even there for for John Walker, you know, and right. he just goes up and tries to be a tough guy, like right off the bat. Yeah, you and your pointy stick, like kind of oh. just right off the bat. Yeah, you know, putting him down. Yeah, and then I saw him like going to reach for a shoulder. And it's yeah. just like, oh, there, oh, he's done. <laughs> he was so out of pocket. Like he's not in his. He's not even in America. So Captain America, yeah. like, sit down because you're not even in America. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they, like, they had just said the thing about like, oh, you don't have jurisdiction. He's like, the Dormelage oh. have jurisdiction wherever the Dormelage find themselves to be yes right it's one of the most badass lines it is it is uh on it on its face objectively speaking there, there's problems with with that whole sentence but <laughs> that's when, okay when io is delivering it in this context totally 100 percent, absolutely works and then um, they're fighting like they yeah. throw the spear to each other and stuff like yo it was but, so cool like, the, the moment he said like your point put let's put the pointy sticks down i knew it was over for him like that's yeah get it you're exactly. you cross so many lines and now you're getting like colonialist so you know yeah. get out of here you're getting your ass handed to you yep. and then he's fighting him he's like way to go john good job bucky yes that was the, my favorite part of it <laughs> uh, great perfect <laughs> It really was. Oh man! And Zemo, Zemo pulls an El Chapo. Yes, <laughs> I can't believe he pulled an El Chapo. Dude, he's such a genius. Like he just waits for the distractions and just yep. slips out. Yeah, he's an opportunist, 
and he's and he's dangerous because as we're reminded like he, every once in a while by him he has nothing to lose he's already lost his yeah. family he's already lost exactly. the things he cares about the most so he's dangerous and if anything he's already been in prison for a while he just got out it's like yep. what's the worst i'm just gonna go and do this i'll go back whatever now okay that makes me think of something we did say that uh i did say i'll t- i'll take credit for this if i'm wrong um <laughs> that zemo probably has something up his sleeve right he has he probably has some sort of plan to not have to go back to jail but what if that plan is not he's secretly uh securing like a way to violently escape like you know and, and cover his tracks and like hurt anybody that follows him what if it's simply a, I'm secretly doing this work behind the scenes that I'm going to reveal right before you arrest me that shows like, well, all along I did this thing and it resulted in the the, the big good. It resulted in us solving this case. Um, right. That would be kind of, honestly even cooler because like I said, he's so likable and I like him and maybe to get some redemption on the shit he did earlier. Yeah. But you know, he, and as much as it's kind of, you know, not having any sympathy for for anybody, but how he says, you know, it was nothing personal. It was a means to an end, <laughs> which, you know, I get it. You know, you got to <laughs> do your thing. You know, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Carly would say the same thing about blowing up uh, GRC members. Exactly. We're tied well, up. They, that's why they're each, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's complicated. It is. Um so then we have the uh, we have the little Sam and Carly um, little meeting where he wants to talk to him by herself, and she and he's kind of getting through to her. Mm-hmm. It's 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 working, you know. He's relating to her, and he understands that I understand what you're coming from, where you're coming from. I just don't agree how you're going about it, and you know, and just as things are getting good, who comes? John Walker comes in and Star Lords the situation, and fucking ruins the whole plan. <laughs> He lets his emotions get the best of him. And, you know, just as things are going good, comes in and has to be an ass. Ruins it all. <laughs> Star it's such a similar situation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Star, Star-Lord, yeah. Star-Lord is the biggest villain in Infinity War, for sure. <laughs> he is. Oh. Man, like, think before you do dumb things. My God, I know you're... I know you're just Andy Dwyer, but my God, <laughs> basically um, Andy Dwyer in space. You, um, uh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you talked about like how Sam almost brought her around or seemed to be making some sort of progress with her um, uh, friend. And, and I'm also really glad that you related that to Captain America, like Steve Rogers is um, treatment of Wanda when, when everybody was treating her like, you know, mm-hmm. a criminal and a murderer and all these things. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to friend of the show, PJ Mancuso, who listeners you may have heard on a few episodes of the show before about this episode. And he, he, he brought up a point that I thought was really good. So shout out to PJ on this point. Um, thanks PJ. Thanks PJ. Uh, Sam, Sam might've been trying to get her to confess, like to turn, not to confess, but to turn herself and her friends in. I think mm-hmm. that I don't I don't think this. Well, I do agree. I agree with PJ. PJ thinks right. that <laughs> to give him credit. Uh, PJ thinks that she um Sam sees that 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 she's a good enough person even though she is a murderer 
that he is trying to appeal to her better nature and get her to just not continue doing terrorist acts and just turn yourself in and go to jail because it's the right thing to do. So that might've been like why he's so ready to be like, it's different. She's not the same. Like we can, you know, there's redemption for her and I can get behind that. Yeah. There is good in her. I I feel like there is good in her as much as the terrible thing she's done. And I, and Sam senses that he feels like he can get a hold of that. And that's why Sam is Captain America. That's what makes him Captain America. That he could exactly. see that. Exactly. And just, you know, the contrast to it when, when he was asked if he would take the serum, he like just immediately was like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, no he hesitation. Knew, he knew his answer. You know, I don't need that. I am who I am. And I can kick ass without it. Okay. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> this dude doesn't even wear a helmet when he's flying around. Right. <laughs> he's got goggles on with a red yeah. tint. And he's like, take me, babe. <laughs> <laughs> goodness oh, Jesus man I'm telling you his little jet thrusters fighting like Mecha Godzilla oh yes Mecha Falcon ah uh, Mecha Falcon that's Which, my boy by the way we haven't seen Red Wing in a while there was some no. Falcon action in this episode we saw him flying we saw him using his tech and his gear but a notable absence there was no Red Wing we got to have Red Wing back by the finale. Yeah. I mean, God, I would I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got everything else, the jetpack, the wings. But I guess he couldn't get Red Wing repaired. Ryan, uh, did, you... they did jump up and smash her, smash that son of a bitch, though. So. But I, wanna, I want a rebuilt, upgraded, new, improved Red Wing to come back by the end. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Maybe he, it, with a little bit of an AI that speaks... Yes, with a voice, absolutely. Yep. Ryan, uh, do you have any more on this episode before we get to my big three questions? No, I think uh, I think, I think we got it, baby. Cool. Um, one quick thing is that in this episode, I think for the first time, Sharon says, I have this written down out of context, but she says something about new cap is there. Is this the first time that somebody in the show has called this guy new cap yeah that might be yeah. yeah okay i think everyone's just called him captain america yeah i like i like that sharon is like distinguishing it it's, it's not this is not yeah. captain america that is new cap that, and i have a hard time with that too like it's this is not captain america yeah okay you know um okay so my first question we sort of am, we sort of answered this already but it's uh zemo pulls in el chapo and um, yep. Oh, I forgot to introduce uh, listeners. This is a section of the podcast that we are calling Lose Big Three. This is Lose Big Three. Um, so, number one, uh, <laughs> will Zemo come back as an enemy or a friend? In this show or later? Later. Well, uh, he'll definitely come back by the end of this show. That's that's for sure, right? Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think that Zemo is going to be not like is it fair of me to say he's gonna be kind of like like a loki i mean he's going to they'll they'll make him good but still have some of that manipulative like you don't quite quite know like is he gonna ever betray us but maybe they'll maybe they'll keep going with the semi 
the semi anti-hero thing. I, I'm not anti-villain, anti-hero. What I don't know, whatever you want to call him. But, yeah, yeah, the you know, Loki the, the, thing, the Loki type. Yeah, character. And, and I really would like to see that because I like those. I like the dynamic of of a hero and a villain when it's that type of uh, like like Thor and Loki. It's just yeah, it's just it's really good. I like that, and I'm, and I really feel that the the relationship and the chemistry Zemo has with these other characters. It works great, and I think it would be a really good way to continue the character. He's 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 good at stirring the pot, and he, yeah. he brings so, a lot of yes. fun and drama. So, so simply put, I think he's going to come back as kind of the the antihero, bopping back and forth. He's kind of maybe good, kind of maybe bad. Yeah, self serving, self serving. <laughs> a very very yeah. much a Loki character. I I do like yes. that a lot. Yeah. Ryan, the second question, lose big three. Um, this is a uh, sort of a version of what's your snack, which we've done before. But I had to ask, um, is your snack Turkish delight? Have you ever tried Turkish delight? Do you have an opinion on Turkish delight? I have not eaten Turkish delight, but I've heard that's horrible. Uh-huh. So considering he turns into a shriveled up dead zombie skeleton after eating this this treat, it must be a Turkish delight. <laughs> Wait, what happens? <laughs> What's, ask your question again. Wait, wait, wait. Who, tur- who turns into a zombie? You said the Yo Snacks commercial from WandaVision? Oh, that. Oh, gosh. The Yo Snacks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Every time I ask yeah. that question now, it's like, what's Yo Magic? Is it Yo Snack? Okay, there's something there. We're gonna, but all right, you're absolutely right. You've heard right. The Turkish delight is terrible. It's, um, yes. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's like a like a gelatin like confectioner candy or something. It's almost mm-hmm. like a like squishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I here's here's the thing. I don't think that I've ever had Turkish delight the way that you're supposed to have it. Maybe, but I've tried it. Like I've just bought it at like a local supermarket to try it. Right. I'm sure that there's like a, a a right version of Turkish delight that might be good, but to me, it tastes like perfume. It's like literally, like tastes like perfume. It has like uh like rose water and like honey and and <laughs> vanilla, but it's the smell and the taste is like perfume. Wow. The texture is really weird. It's like somewhere between Jello and uh, meat. I don't know. It's bad. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry. It's not my snack. Uh, I thought they were like hard candies or something, but clearly that's, uh, they look, they looked a little different. And I yeah. looked them up because I wanted to know, I've heard of them like a lot. And I was just like, what the fuck is a Turkish delight? They kind of look like saltwater taffy, but they are not, not, they're, they're more jelly like, no, they're more they jelly like than that texture. Like those shitty jelly ones. I can't even remember them. These those shitty jelly candies. Uh-huh, like gumdrops, like the like gumdrops, but there's even more shitty version of it. That's more like I know what you're talking about. And it's uh, I, it's I like that. Uh, it's it's like uh, that. I think the yeah. thing you're thinking of, I wish I could think of the name, but it's I think that yeah. is the American of attempt at Turkish Delight. Um right. but man, I don't know. I've had Every version of it I've tried is not good. You no, know, I uh, think listeners, I'm going to try one. Have a Turkish year. delight brand that you recommend. Send it in, and yeah, Ryan, Ryan will try. <laughs> I'll try it too. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to believe that that uh, maybe my my palate is just not refined enough. But that must be it, <laughs> Ryan. More importantly, my third big question. 
Io showed us a really cool uh, ability in this episode, a really cool trick that she knows where yeah. she disarmed our friend oh, Bucky Barnes. <laughs> and we know somebody that, that really likes prosthetic, prosthetic arms and in particular has his eye <laughs> on this yes. prosthetic arm for his collection. Ryan, yeah. if the MCU were to create another show after, after this show wraps up, a spinoff, uh, with Io and Rocket Raccoon as buddies traveling through space, collecting prosthetic limbs from people on oh, different yeah. planets and different uh, places. What would you What would you call that show? Like, what's a good name? I would call it Limitless. It'll <laughs> be one raccoon, one woman, your limbs. <laughs> Your limbs. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got limbo getting low, low, low prices on limbs. All right. And then I got legs, want them, arms, need (laughs) them. Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah, man. Like. Okay, so no question <laughs> that is that is limb limitless is going. <laughs> is going to be the next uh, MCU show we should cover. Who else that's at the level of like like Darcy or like Jimmy Woo that should should show up as a as a side character on Limitless? Oh, jeez. Oh, that cat from Captain Marvel, the flirkin. Okay. Oh, dude, he could just pull people in, suck off their limbs, and spit them back. It'd be great. <laughs> dude, I love that flirking. That thing was so cool. That's a limb catcher right there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, yep. So that's everything. <laughs> like, what are these answers? <laughs> what are these? I, it's it's on me for asking these questions. <laughs> All right, These are the answers you're gonna get from me. <laughs> um, that is that's everything I've got. Yeah, I don't. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I did. There's one. There's one last thing um, that I have written yeah. down here. One last note, and it's a really, really good line. It's gonna. It's probably gonna feel a little bit out of context now, but um, but that's okay. Uh, Sarah. It's uh, this is when Carly calls Sarah. So at some mm-hmm. point in the episode, Carly, um, after talking to Falcon calls his sister to basically threaten her and and her family um, and intimidate her. And while she's on the phone with him, with her, she says something about like how about, about the new captain America or about the shield or whatever. And Sarah basically says, my world doesn't care about me. So why should I care about its mascot? And I thought that was really poignant and really, really shows it really highlights how ridiculous the entire John Walker new cap project is on the face of it and how it just doesn't yeah. need, need to exist. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it doesn't let, need to exist. It just, it it's all, an old it, school concept it, from mm-hmm. the World War II. It's outdated. It's from a bygone era, as uh, Carly says, the shield in is of, of itself. But... And of course, that the you know the shield doesn't represent her. And yeah. I mean, of course, I believe that's the struggle of minorities in this country. Unfortunately, yeah. 
And yeah. we, when we see the inevitable, what, what the program, this new cap program has inevitably leads to, which is the final image of this episode, which is a Ooh. Captain America, not the Captain America, but a Captain America, yeah. somebody wearing the, the costume of Captain America, holding a bloodied shield that they've just used to bash in a disarmed opponent. Yeah. Cause yeah, we did forget to mention that how, uh, you know, basically Carly, did we say that? Oh yeah, we did. Carly kills. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't say really say what led up to that, that happening. So yeah, real quick, like, what well, was... they captured Lamar and then, um, you know, they get, they, they all meet up in this middle little room they all congregate without going to the whole show again, <laughs> but they all come together here at the end and, um, you know, they're all fighting and then Lamar comes out to kind of stop Carly yeah. and say, um, you know, I forget who she was fighting, but you know, she, she stops him and then Carly comes in and kicks him right into the pole. And I thought this is, I really thought it was cool because most of the time in movies, somebody dies slowly and they get like this last, Oh man, you know, and he's dying. They have the last word together or whatever, but I actually really enjoyed how it was just not enjoyed, but you know, I liked the way they did it. Yeah. Blasted him against the tower and he's just like dead immediately yep. just to show how powerful and how strong that was. And he didn't even get to say goodbye or, or anything like that. And then, you know, you can just see that rage building up and they all know they start like running away because they know this dude's getting pissed. Yeah. And, and the I think, serum I feel is also setting in now because I feel yeah. he had only taken it just before. That's why you kind of see him getting stronger as he goes. He throws his shield into the wall, yep. bursts through that door, and you see him stop. That was a really cool part, too. That first part where he bursts through the door right when he when you first see him after he took the serum. Um, and then he kind of stands there and almost, like, looks around like, damn, okay, mm-hmm. shit's setting in. And he's kind of realizing oh boy, I'm super strong. And I thought that was really cool. And, and then, you know, he throws his shield into the wall. That was awesome. Lamar dies. And then he jumps out the window and he starts chasing down any one of them that he can get his hands on. Yeah. And unfortunately he finds the one guy, Nico, who actually, you know, grew up kind of liking Captain America. And now the last thing he sees is that shield coming down, smashing him. And it was, it was just very, very meaningful. And it was a really, the ending was awesome. I yeah. love, this was my favorite episode. I just want to throw that in too. I awesome. really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the so, title was so good. The whole world is watching because it really, yeah. in the imagery of this uh, authority figure in a uniform, brutalizing a subdued person, a subdued victim. And people mm-hmm. are are filming it with their cameras all, all around recording. it and like you can imagine that this guy will still get a pass yeah even though it was caught on camera exactly. so like i can't wait to see how they handle it if that's not incredibly prescient for like especially even for just the week that i guess it's every week it's any any week that we're uh, sadly any week that we're recording this podcast it's prescient but like yeah just honestly look at any news headline. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not laughing at it because it's actually funny <laughs> just because of the, the dark humor of it my god um yeah. but yeah i guess let's let's uh let's try to end on some sort of positive note <laughs> but that last scene was hot that was just that last scene that shot of him with the shield and the blood 
It was so mm-hmm. cool. I actually took a picture of it and used it in my phone background. I thought it was so cool. It's iconic. It's really iconic. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do, I, let's, let's end on this. I really, really want to remind fans. I don't think, I don't think any robots versus dinosaurs listeners are this type of fan, but if you're on the internet, if you're reading headlines and stuff, and if you're reading about Marvel news, you've interacted with these kinds of fans. Don't hate the actor. Oh. Wyatt Russell is not a person who bashed somebody in the face with Captain America's shield. Okay. Yeah. So we, it's crazy. we can all stop sending him death threats and <laughs> understand that it, it's the character, not the actor. Exactly. That's the, okay. I, yeah. I am with you 100%. I can't believe people do that stuff. Like, yeah. come on, man. This guy's an actor doing a good job. He's making you hate this guy. This is what he's supposed to be doing. And he's great at it. All those little, he's doing, have you seen like, you watch him doing the little ticks? He'll, you know, go like this and, 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 and his handle twitch. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. There's a thing there's when he, uh, when, when IO and the Dormilaje come in, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, yeah. the way, just the way he says, I'm Captain America. Yeah. And I, that's not, I know I mumble a little bit sometimes <laughs> um, <laughs> when I, when I'm not articulating, but that is how he says it. I'm Captain America. Yeah. Like almost like it's the apostrophe America. And, and I really took that as to, when in Infinity War, when Groot showed up from space and he was like, I'm Groot because that's the only thing he can say. <laughs> yeah. What was the response to that, Ryan? I think you could probably quote it. I'm Steve Rogers. I'm Steve Rogers. Completely earnest. Completely yes. like. He doesn't need to brag about who he is. But also it's like he's he has the respect to like he stood up straight and was like, I'm Steve Rogers. Like. We're gre- okay. We're greeting each other with respect. This dude was like, "I'm not even gonna take the time to say my like." I'm Captain America. Hello, it's yeah. I'm Captain America. But you know who I am. Uh, this is my buddy Lamar, and we're here to be in charge. So mm-hmm. listen to us. And it's yeah. like out of like in a, in addition to the pointy sticks thing and all the other shit he was saying. It's like, exactly, it was all yeah. bad. And then that condescending stick line, and then the shoulder touch that did it. Yeah, but at least respect the name if you're going to wear the uniform, dude. I, I couldn't agree more. It's all about But I'm talking to, I'm talking to, I'm not talking, I'm talking to John Walker. I'm not talking to Wyatt Russell <laughs> yes. when I say that. Wyatt Russell, <laughs> great. Yes, he is. All right, Ryan, any, uh, let, we'll close this out. Cool. Well, everybody, it's been another great week. Episode four, fantastic. Episode four is my lucky number, and it was one of the coolest episodes. Can't wait for next week. I'll be here with bells on. I cannot wait to see you. Later. We'll see you then. This thought brought to you by White Claw. White Claw, it helps you think better than truly. So crisp, so delightful. Hot Goss with Trash Comedy is the podcast where we trade sweet, sweet facts like they're dirty little pieces of gossip. We're a New York-based comedy team and we're joined each week with a funny, delightful friend. After each person shares their facts, we rate those facts from... Oh my god, that's not hot. That's as cold as the coldest ice you've ever seen. To, oh my god, that's so spicy, my mouth is gone. So if that made sense to you, then please join us on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts.